How's it going, Brent? Oh, just going good. It's kind of like a, kind of been a long day, but I'm excited for this. Nice. Uh, so it's definitely a pleasure to have you on Art Sounds Familiar. I'll start by saying that I looked at a lot of your work. Um, you're very talented, and I'm excited for the audience and myself uh, to learn more about you and your journey. Thanks, Brent. Thank you. Of course. you to stay living with me We'll watch the moonlight I want you to stay with me tonight And in the morning we'll cook eggs and bacon I'll start off by asking first who you are, where you're from, and what you do. All right, so my name is Talitha Gabrielle. The full government is Talitha Gabrielle <laughs> Blackwell. But um, for my artist purposes, I go by the name Talitha Gabrielle. So I'm originally from um, Virginia, Hampton, Virginia specifically. Okay. Um, but after I graduated college, I uh, moved out to Atlanta and I spent four years there. And right now I'm residing in Santa Barbara in California. Oh, wow. That's a big move. Yeah, I mean, that was the goal the whole time. End up specifically in LA, but I'm close enough in LA now where it's like, okay, who even cares? Like I'm here. <laughs> right, right, right. And I'm sure, uh, so part of that move was just being, um, able to have like the resource of having other like artists and that kind of experience around you. Yeah, that was the idea. Okay. So like speaking about like family and, uh, and where you're from, it, was it a big part, uh, was music a big part of your family at all? Oh, absolutely. So, um, unfortunately, I am a product of divorce, but from what I remember when my parents were still married was my, my father, he, he was a musician in the church. And even after the, the divorce, I was still like part of my father's side of the family. Um, so my, my father was a musician in the church who played the organ and the keyboard and even the saxophone at time, like he grew up wow. playing the saxophone. Yeah, and my mother was a singer in the church. So even after the divorce, like we found another church or even like all the churches that she, she kind of tried out until we found our eventual home church growing up. Mm -hmm. She was singing, she was singing in the church choir. So like I give my, I definitely give my musical, um, I guess aptitude from first and foremost, my parents, both of them were, very musically inclined and wow. you know yeah so he was an, an amazing um keyboardist and my mother is an amazing singer <laughs> just got it all got it all in one <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> so then uh, i then i guess so how did you end up gravitating to like the acoustic guitar then so again like i said my my family is all about music my uncle on my mother's side so my mother's brother mm -hmm. Well, um, he was uh, in the military for an extended amount of time, but there was a time that I remember when I was young where he was living with us. 
um, in Virginia, and he played classical guitar. He played classical. He played flamenco. He he read music. So uh, my mother and my father, they didn't read music. They okay. they played by ear. They sang by ear. But my uncle, my mother's brother, mm-hmm. he he read music. And so that was when like actual like music being transcribed and written was first introduced to me. Okay. And I played guitar because he played guitar in that house we were all living in together mm-hmm. and i so i already had the musical like inclination i guess like yeah. i already wanted to do it it was in my blood and right. he was sitting here play, playing guitar so i'm like i want to do that too <laughs> wow okay wow yeah no that's probably like an amazing like uh get together experience whenever you can have that just having you know family just being able to do that or enjoy that with oh. you as well yeah i love that so then, um, I guess then definitely family was like a big influence, like earlier on in like in your life. What what were some other like influences? So, like I said, my parents they were primarily into gospel music. That was their thing, mm-hmm. and so at a very early age, I was forced into the choir, much to my chagrin, because I, I didn't want to sing in the, in the church mm-hmm. choir. But um, it it proved that you know it it influences. Uh, the stuff that I do now, like all the harmonies and the chord progressions, most of that is influenced by gospel music. Mm. And then secondly, secondly, once I kind of like started feeling the the secular world, Mm. because for a while, like when I was growing up, I was only, I was limited to gospel music. I was, I was told that I could not listen to any music Mm -hmm. that was, that was not gospel music. Right. And uh, my as I grew older, my mother kind of put like a leniency on that and was like, okay, you can listen to uh, instrumentals or whatever. So I, I was doing that. But once I got into music that was like secular and not only instrumentals, I found myself influenced by Amy Winehouse okay. and um, NDI Re, uh, Lauren Hill, Jasmine Sullivan, like all of even <laughs> at, a, at a certain point. It was Keisha Cole. Wow. Because, like, I, yeah, no, no, but like I, I admired, you know, the struggle and how that mm-hmm. portrayed in her music. Like it was real. Yeah, the she power. Was, she's not exactly like she's not the best singer when you think about singers, but like her music is authentic. Right. And so those are the people. Well, some of the people that influenced my sound today. Okay. So then, um, especially coming from that household, because I'm definitely also like from more of like a christian household like i'm uh i lived part of my life in ghana because my parents were like more Ghanaian, and you're raised in like a culture that's like yeah this is circular like uh uh-uh stay away from there so like when you felt that okay this is kind of the direction that you're trying to take your art um how were you able to convince for lack of a better term like convince your parents okay this is what i'm this is what i'm doing this is what i'm pursuing and take it or leave it i guess (laughs) (laughs) So it was definitely that way on my, as far as like my father, like, because mm. again, my parents were divorced. So a lot of my time was spent with my mother and my mother's side. So thankfully my mother was like, okay, you know, this is, this is what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Fine. I'm not going to press, like, I'm not going to press you to do like gospel music. Just as long as you sing in the choir while we're at this church, like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to press you. And obviously that was not said, but it was kind of like an unspoken agreement. Like Mm -hmm. she saw that I had the talent and I wanted to move outside of the gospel realm. And, and she supported that. 
I like I can't thank her enough to this day. She supported that. Right. She's still singing. She's still singing in the choir at, at church, but like she's not pressing me to like go back to 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 gospel music. Right. And I I appreciate like I I can't thank her enough. And then as far as my my father's side, it was more of a take it or leave it kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> like listen. <laughs> <laughs> this is what it is. <laughs> um, so was there ever a time where you had to put like music on the side at all? Um, yes, there, it, it, there's always a time because right now and has, as it has been in the past, mm -hmm. um, music was never my sole income. Like I always needed something to supplement it. And even more so in the past because I wasn't making money off of it. Mm -hmm. So there were times where I had to um, seek other other avenues and one of them being theater. Like I got lucky and I got into theater because theater is also another dream that most people have that they're, you know, they're not able to make it their main job. Right. And so I was, I was, yeah. So I was picking up all of these theater gigs specifically in sound. And then um, there was a time in Atlanta where I was doing a lot of film stuff. I was a set dresser and all the while I was having to put my music on the side and come back to it whenever, you know, it was possible or even allowed with my schedule. Oh. So there, there was a, yeah, there was a, a lot of times where I had to kind of like, you know, just, uh, press what was already released mm -hmm. and like which was it was kind of a big thing to me because I I wanted to be performing more right but I had yeah but I had to rely and rest on my laurels of the, the recordings that I had out so when I was taking breaks I would still be trying to push the music that I have that's recorded out mm -hmm. but like still kind of like wanting to do the whole like performance side of it so yeah, I had I had to take many breaks to focus on what was actually uh, funding my income. Right. So then, um, are you are you are you doing that more permanently now? Have you done that for like a longer stretch now, where it's just uh, your primary focus has just been music, or it's still kind of um, an up and down thing? So when I was in Atlanta, it was still like an up and down thing, but. Once I moved to California, and this was actually one of the reasons why I decided to make that jump or that leap and move to California, it started becoming like a regular thing. And it wasn't, you know, completely um, fulfilling my income requirements, but it, it was enough to supplement it. Like I was making at least, I was making like, like not half, but <laughs> I was making enough for it to, to be like, okay, I want to keep doing this. I want to put keep pressing this but obviously COVID happened and yeah. everything that I had <laughs> planned and like all of that just kind of you know got put on the side so yeah when I when I moved to when I moved out here to California it was starting to be become a regular thing oh you've been at oh you've been with you got me saying baby please only middle of me and not a moment goes by in my head. I'm not thinking, baby. Are we through? I'm not thinking about you anymore. I'm lost in my thoughts. But every time I hear 
name behind these just a little bit faster On your Instagram, you're doing like performances where you'd perform like on your Instagram and then kind of record that for your audience. Um, what are the other things that you've been able to do now to kind of sustain yourself and also still keep the present? So I haven't really been able to do anything that um, that gives me income. But I have, like you said, I have been doing videos on Instagram. There have been like uh, virtual concerts where people will be like, hey, do you want to play? Do you want to be on the, the lineup? And I'm like, sure, yeah, so I'll do that. And um, also I'm on the back, on the, <laughs> in the background, like this stuff isn't being released, but I, um, this past month I was working with a, a band called Don of Jane. I helped uh, produce and record an, an EP that they're coming out with. And I've also been doing like, kind of like trying to revamp my set list because I, I try not to do too many covers. Like I, I'm all about original music. So mm. on this side, I've been trying to like hone in what I really want my sound to sound like when we come back, like post COVID. Right. And I, I've been, I've just been working on, on me mm -hmm. as well as, you know, doing those little Instagram videos to be like, Oh, Hey, I'm still here. Don't forget. Don't forget. forget. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> no, that's good. It's good. You're staying still. Like you're, you're definitely like still on top. It's like, it's almost like a cocoon period, like preparing, yes. getting stuff right for when God willing, this thing goes, this COVID goes away. <laughs> Right, absolutely. Uh, what genres of music do you work in currently? So that's a <laughs> that's a, a an interesting question because um, growing up, when I was first starting this music thing, I thought I was neo, neo soul, mm. but like neo soul is kind of hard to explain, especially to to white audiences, and that's where I found myself. Um, once I moved to California, I was mm. performing mainly for more um, white audience or predominantly white audiences. Mm -hmm. So I had to kind of like redescribe myself and the best way that I kind of figured that would translate and like across any culture was acoustic pop. Ah, okay. And like, I, I still don't think that really describe because I know, I know I'm not r and I'm not hip hop, mm -hmm. but uh, Neo Soul really I think that really describes me, but there's more of an acoustic element. And Neo Soul kind of still like traverses those R&B lines. Mm -hmm. So I think I think what best describes me is like some kind of hybrid of um, acoustic pop and Neo Soul. Okay, so then what made you gravitate towards those uh, genres? Uh, just because like you were talking about um, how, yeah, you started off more coming from like a gospel kind of home. Um, you went into like instrumental, um, and I'm sure then you got a chance to like explore all these genres. What kept you there? What kept you in the neo soul slash acoustic pop domain? Well, a lot of what kept me, well, I'm going to start with what kept me away from the other genres. <laughs> a lot of what, a lot of what kept me away from hip hop was, uh, and this, and this happened in Atlanta was I, I realized that I didn't want to be stuck singing hooks. Like mm. I'm more than just a hook singer. Like I, 
I write, I, and, and this is interesting because I, for a while I was thinking, oh, I'm not, you know, I'm not the best lyricist. I can't write lyrics. But as I grew, I'm, I discovered that I was more than just a hook singer. And so when I was in Atlanta, that's where I was like kind of finding myself falling too easily into like being a hook singer for rappers. And mm. that I, 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 felt, I felt like that, wasn't that's for you. not where I want to be. Yeah, that was not for me. And so then I kind of like started exploring just different sounds and listen, listening to different types of music. I had an alternative phase. It's like, oh, like I, I can't do this. Type <laughs> <of music. laughs> I, I liked listening to it, but it, it just wasn't me. So ultimately it was just like what, what my voice like felt comfortable in, like how I mm. felt comfortable singing and the sounds that felt comfortable coming out. And that's and that's how I leaned more into like the acoustic pop and neo soul genres. Like I felt comfortable in those in those areas, and I felt comfortable enough to to even grow and like change those genres to sound like something different. Right. And that's where that's where I'm at right now. I feel like I don't necessarily fit in those genres. Like I I want it to be different. Right. You're making it your own sort of. Yeah. Sort of exactly. Thing. Yeah. No, that's powerful because like you, uh, a lot of the artists even currently. It's, you ask them kind of the same question, and even people that are are doing hip hop don't want to really be considered hip hop anymore because they feel that again their talents allow them to explore a lot of different genres. Um, and when I actually did like more research on like uh, like a Michael Jackson, for instance, they call him the king of pop. But like if you listen, some a lot of his music, some of it was in different genres as well. So mm -hmm. it's like. Yeah. There is a general label you can give, but as an artist, like you're saying, you can you can be a lot of things, and you're you're gonna mold a lot of things into who you are as a person. Absolutely, and and I I honestly think hip hop is just an umbrella. It's a broad mm. term that you know they quote unquote they have used to describe mm -hmm. any type of like quote unquote urban music. Right. So. Right. <laughs> So it's a lot of things that fit under that hip hop umbrella that wouldn't necessarily qualify as hip hop music. Right, right. So um, speaking of like music, speaking of different genres, what was it like working with um, Crystal Kacha? Because that artist like dance electronica. So how was that balance like? How did that happen? <laughs> okay, so <laughs> Crystal Kacha is a a British guy living in the UK and he mm. found me via SoundCloud. Mm. So he sought me out. Wow. And what I like, uh, what I like about him was that he knew what genre he, he was in and he didn't try to press that upon me. He was like, just sing whatever, like on all of our dialogues. He's just wow. like, just do what you do. Sing whatever. He didn't try to like fit me in any type of box. Mm -hmm. He just had he just had me just just blow and you know, he did with it what he could. And so that that collaboration it still stands today. We're we're actually kind of we've got something in a pocket that <laughs> um is it needs to brewing. be worked on, but we're yeah, but yeah, it's brewing. <laughs> and so that I actually liked like to electronica music like there's a lot of different um elements and a lot of different things that kind of fit into that genre but i mean there's a have you heard of a disclosure no the producers so they they came out with a song with sam smith that mm -hmm. like 
everyone was like, oh my God, this is amazing. This is Sam Smith. But, you know, I was listening to Disclosure before everyone knew who Sam Smith was. And they, they were kind of like electronica music. And a lot of the stuff that they were doing, that's kind of where, you know, I, I heard myself fitting into electronic music. And so wow. when Crystal Catcher found me and was like, hey, can you do this? I was thinking, oh, we're going to be the new, the new next uh, disclosure. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's just, it's so much more than that because like, he's not, he's not necessarily, you know, doing their style, which is right. great because, you know, I'm a different voice in that genre and he's doing whatever he wants. And like I said, he didn't press upon me to fit into any type of box. He was just like, mm -hmm. do what you do. Right. So, yeah, that, that's what it was like working with him still to this day. Well, that's amazing. Instances where, because um, I'm sure you've worked with and collaborated like a lot of people, and I'm sure not all of them went how you'd you'd wanted it to go. Um, how's that experience like? Um, I was talking to, uh, with like on other uh, podcast episodes. I was talking with different artists, and some of them are like, uh, it's 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 difficult because sometimes your visions are different. Um, and so how do you, if you ever have gone through kind of that experience, how do you navigate through that? Yeah, I absolutely agree with that sentiment. It is difficult when you have artistic um, differences, but at the end of the day, like you're either going to accept those differences and compromise to make a better product or a better outcome, or you'll just dissolve that collaboration. Yeah. And I, I haven't had any that I, I've dissolved. There have been things that haven't necessarily been released, but I've mm -hmm. almost always compromised for the sake of whoever I'm, I'm collaborating with. Okay. Just the bigger picture is to get this. Yes. All right. I, I feel you. Yep. And I, I feel that too. And if it, hey, if it's not it, Put it in the vault. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, can you? Because you you, uh, you talked about uh, wanting to perform, and I'm sure like your your upbringing also kind of influences that a lot as well. Um, can you remember the first time you had to perform uh, live as a musician outside of like the church, and how that was that experience was. So, unfortunately, I cannot remember the very first time, but I do remember, like, very early when I started performing, I, I was terrified. Like, I, I realized, you know, I have something that I want to share, 
but I don't, I, I mean, I like it, but I'm not so sure everybody else is going to like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was terrified. And like, even to this day, I'm still terrified because like when I was younger and earlier in my performing career, I, you know, wasn't sure that people would, were going to like it. But now I'm like, okay, it's been proven that people like my music and I'm still terrified. Right. Because, you know, like now it's, it's different factors. It's like, can I execute this as well as they're expecting me to execute it? Right. Different problems. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yeah, in the, in the beginning, it was definitely, a, I'm terrified. I don't know these people. They don't know me. And this is new music. People don't want to hear, like, people want to hear covers. Right. This was especially when I started doing, like, my original stuff. People want to hear covers. They want to hear what they're used to. They don't, they're not necessarily inclined to listening to to new things and so mm-hmm. i i was terrified always no that's a that's an interesting point you raise like you raise as well because like until you hear like a label backing or um right. some other artist that is considered bigger like maybe featured on it you, your typical inclination is eh, i'm not i don't know i'm not sure but you probably bop your head to like any, <laughs> anything certain artists, certain specific artists just like put out. So that that is, I, I feel that. <laughs> and so I guess not even if it's not your first uh, performance, with your earlier performances, what was the process of even getting that gig and preparing for it? So in earlier performances there was a lot of open mics Mm. and that happened so it started in Virginia but um as I was leaving Virginia that's kind of when I started deciding that you know I want I want to perform and I want to produce and I want to do all this music stuff so once I got to Atlanta I kind of hit the ground running I was going to all these different open mics and at first it was just you know me by myself going out because like I I have a thing like I don't I don't want to like invite friends and people to performances until I've kind of like filled out the space myself and Mm kind of like sussed how, how, like what the vibe is. Right. So for a while I was going to these, these open mics by myself, terrified, like I said, and like, just, just jumping. I was just leaping basically. And then, you know, gradually I would start inviting people, um, specifically my best friend uh we we moved out to atlanta together so once i was comfortable like uh performing at these different open mics then i invited my best friend and so that support system kind of helped too right and then from there we just started inviting more people i see i see but the the yeah but the the process was just me like getting in my head okay if you want to do this you got to get up there and get up on that stage and sing (laughs) period (laughs) (laughs) and i'm pretty sure that feels very different than when like it's a performance or like at a church it's still just a totally different lane so you don't even have that like well i've done it here before right because at at church it's a it's a different it's a different message it's a different intention at church is not about you but once you're performing out in these bars it's completely about you and what you're doing um how often did you typically perform before COVID happened? There was a big difference between Atlanta and in California. I got to California and I was actually being paid to play. But when hey. I was in Atlanta, yeah, <laughs> when I was, that's why I moved. <laughs> but like when I was in Atlanta, I was doing open mics and like um, 
like showcases and all of that. I was doing like multiples at least like maybe like two or three at least a month. And then I moved out to California and I was doing at least like two, again, two or three bars on a good month on a bad month. It was maybe like once a month, but still like I was still going out. Mm -hmm. I didn't do as much or as many open mics in California because uh, like I said, when I, I did, I did one, Actually, I didn't say this. I did one open <laughs> mic in California. And this was like, because I, I was out there originally for like a theater um, summer stock job. So okay. I, I was still living in Atlanta at the time, but I was in Atlanta for that theater. And I did an open mic and like multiple people approached me afterwards and were like, hey, can you play here? We'll pay you X amount. Can you play here? Can you play here? And I had to tell them, I actually live in Atlanta <laughs> my con- my contract is up at the end of the month. So, but I'm coming. I'm coming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I I went back. So yeah, like it, for a while, it was it was steady income. At least like at least tw- two gigs a month. Mm. And and so what's the uh per, like in terms of like the like uh the number of rehearsals you have to do? What what's that part like? And are you always working with like a, a band you know when you have to do those kind of performances? So currently, I'm still a solo artist. Okay. And what I liked about being in Atlanta was that most of the places that I played at, they had a house band and they could pick up whatever I put down. So I would just be playing and they would just join me once they got it. And Ah. I do miss, yeah, I do miss that aspect of it. But as of now, I am still a a solo singer-songwriter. So like when I'm performing, when I'm prepping for a gig, I'm just in in the shed in in my room practicing like every day up into that gig and I'm practicing my set list. I come up with what I want to play, whether it's like an hour set list or like um, I at most I've done three hours and I I figure out what I want to play and the transitions between those songs. And I'm just practicing them. And if I if I'm messing up, I'm like <laughs> I'm a little hard on myself. <laughs> but like I I got to go back and redo it. And that and that comes from you know, growing up and playing in uh, in the, the school band. I was in concert mm-hmm. band. I was in marching band. I was in all of the bands starting in middle school. And when you messed up, you would have to go back and restart that song. <laughs> or if it's closer, yeah, if it's closer to like, you know, quote unquote dress rehearsal for theater people, then you keep going, but you got to, at the end of practice, you got to hit that song again. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's my process. Like I'm, I'm practicing all of these things. And so there's something I've always kind of found, um, like, interesting. Because, like, when you're doing, like, a performance, you have, like, this band and these people playing these instruments. And you're not able to, like, I guess, close all of those things out because you're trying to stay stay on key and stay on the right pattern. How do you, like, is this something that just came with, uh, with time? Did you ever have a struggle with that at all? Uh, yes, especially when, you know, like I said, you're playing with a house band and they don't necessarily know your music, Right. but <laughs> fortunately <laughs> I've, I've played with enough house bands who have been, you know, good enough to like pick it up as it goes along. And there are times where like I'm playing and I hear something that doesn't necessarily sound right with what I'm going, but like as a performer, you just got to keep going mm. and eventually it'll resolve itself. Cause like, you're, you're playing, you got to trust that you're playing with musicians who are also professional. And so they'll figure it out and they'll get it. Yeah. But like, 
out <laughs> me specifically like even if I'm playing with people who know my music it's like out like in a performance it's going to be different every time I'm not going to play it the same way that you you hear it on the record or the way that we rehearse it you know <laughs> like, right. unfortunately but like to me in performances like I'm, I'm going to improvise I'm going to add like little ad libs I'm going to add what I feel and I expect those who are like backing me to do that same thing like as long as you know it's it's in the key it's it's in the same rhythm like and if not you know it passes and you know like that was just a bad moment wow but it passes see this is the stuff we don't know as like an audience like looking at stuff like that listening to performances we don't we don't hear any of that to us it's like oh we we just vibing okay <laughs> and then there's all this happening in your head <laughs> i noticed that uh, at a point in time, you had crossed paths with Janelle Monet back in 2016. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, how did that happen? Was that more, like, yeah, I'll, I'll just let you have the floor. How did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> so, again, I'm in Atlanta. Everyone is in Atlanta. Um, she had a, she was, and I think she still is, uh, backing these two artists um, by the name of Saint Beauty. That's their group. But it's these okay. two girls. Um, and I love their music. But at the time, I didn't know who they were. I just, I was invited to that event that they were, they happened to be performing at mm. um, because my friend who I had met in college, who now lives in Atlanta, because that's where she was from, like, um, she was DJing there and she invited me because, like, I was just going to be, like, hanging with her. Mm. And so she randomly invited me to this gig that she was DJing and coincidentally saint beauty was performing there and so janelle monet was there to support her artists wow and that's how i met her wow so were you like it was like a backstage thing or no so she, she was like so like it, it felt like we were in kind of like a like a school cafeteria or like a, <laughs> like a gym it was like some kind of like underground like yeah. I don't even know how to describe it other than saying like maybe a gym or a cafeteria, but it was like a, maybe like a cultural arts center or whatever. Ah. And um, like it was a stage and it was just like this big open space. Mm. There was no backstage and she was just sitting off to the side, like just chilling. Just chilling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. So was, did you, uh, was there any like conversation had? Uh, with respect to like your art forms or anything like that as well? So, no. So she, I felt like, I don't really know what to kind of like take away from our interaction because it, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like inspiring, but it wasn't like, you know, like, okay, I, I don't want to do this anymore. But she, <laughs> like I said, she was just chilling. And so yeah. when I approached her, when I approached her, I was like, can I take a picture? She was like, yeah. Just vibes. And so we took a, yeah, we, yeah. <laughs> so we, we took that picture and like, I could tell that she was not in the mood to have any conversation further than, you know, posing right. for that picture. Right. So I left her alone. Okay. That's nice. Hopefully one, sometime future, if you make it big, you know what I'm saying? Then <laughs> maybe it'll come full circle. <laughs> That's what I'm hoping. <laughs> Do you write all the songs, all your songs, or do you collaborate with like other songwriters when you're trying to create in like a specific like piece of music? 
So, like I said in the beginning, I did not believe that I was all that strong of a songwriter. Like, I didn't think that I was a lyricist at all. I, I knew I could sing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I knew I was a singer. And then after a while, because I didn't have a band, I was like, okay, I, I got to accompany myself. So I knew I could sing. I knew I could play mm-hmm. because I, I learned to play. And, you know, the singing was just a God-given talent. Right. But um, when I first started, I... I was lacking in the, the lyrical part. So there was a time where I have a, um, when I was posting all my stuff on SoundCloud, Cloud, this was before I was like putting stuff on iTunes and Apple Music and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, I was on SoundCloud and I, I got up with this guy that I met. He lives in, or he at the time he lived in Nashville. Okay. Um, his name is, well, he went by Jay. Um, but he, he was writing for me. And so we actually kind of came up with a, an EP called Loveless in Nashville because he lived in Nashville, so I called him Loveless in Nashville. <laughs> <laughs> but after that moment, I realized like his writing was amazing and his writing was good, but it wasn't me. Mm-hmm. And so I, at that, after that point, I kind of decided to to put more effort into you know trying to be a liter- a lyricist and trying to figure out what words I wanted to say and how I wanted to portray my emotion in, mm-hmm. in these songs. And so now at this point in my career, I, I don't, one, I don't write for anyone else. And then mm-hmm. two, I don't, I don't, I don't accept anyone else's uh, lyrics unless mm-hmm. it's just like, you know, like a, like a feature. If you want to sing whatever you want or rap, then that's fine. But like mm-hmm. at this point in my career, I'm writing my own stuff. Okay. And so when you started like that process of like, you know, just like writing your own things, um, how was that process for you? Because was it, uh, was it more of, um, you would write first and then try to fit it with like a song structure or was it more, um, you would write with that structure of how a song should be already in mind? So when I first started, I was trying to write and then like build on that, mm. but that didn't that didn't work for me. Um, so what ended up working for me and what I do to this day is I I play around and I come up with like a, a chord progression that I like. Mm. So it's it's just me on my guitar just playing. And when I find chords that that sound you know like like something like oh this could be a song. Then I start trying to write the lyrics to the music. Ah, uh, okay. It's almost like you make your beat, kind of. Right, yeah. and and that's exactly what I did for for uh, Crystal Catcher too. He he supplied the music to me, and I I I wrote to his music, mm. and so that's what I found works best for me. Like I I can't like, and I I've tried like writing prose or writing like, you know, just writing whatever that comes out of my head and trying to put music to it. And it it just doesn't work for me. (laughs) You you needed to kind of do everything in tandem. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I feel that. Um, so then with, um, your album circles and like your recent, like EP, like, uh, dreams, um, did you produce everything, uh, all parts of that from start to finish or did you kind of do the initial mix and then you got someone else to do like the uh, mastering and all that? So Circles and Dreams were um, produced by me. Uh, I did. So Circles is my only album and Dreams is an EP. Mm -hmm. Um, Both of those I 
produced, I played, I sang, I wrote, whatever. But my EP, It's Me, I um, <laughs> was in town. I So I actually did, hadn't even planned on recording that. But I um, was living at, I was living in Atlanta, but I just so happened to be in town in Virginia. And one of the guys that I went to the college with, because I went to college at Hampton University in my hometown. Mm. And so one of the guys, one of the guys that I went to, to school with, he was like, oh, you're in town. Do you have anything you want to record? And that's how It's Me was recorded. Wow. He, he recorded that and, you know, mixed and mastered. And I, I just, I went there, like I woke up, <laughs> like... <laughs> It's crazy because I, I, I was super hungover. Like I was, not, I was not ready. Like I knew the night before that I was gonna do this, and I still made the choices that yeah, I made. I'm gonna live and life. So, <laughs> right. And so I woke up, and he drives me like an hour or so to because he lives he lived out in the country somewhere. So he drove me like an hour. Wow. I'm like hungover, not ready to do this, and I did it. Like, and I, like, and to this day, like, I listen to It's Me, and I'm like, my voice sounds so raspy, <laughs> and I know why. <laughs> Sometimes I wonder When you say those words That is the only project that I had where I had someone else um, produce and uh, well, not produce, but like mix and master and record it for me. Right. Okay. So, how long does does that process take? Uh, for instance, like taking into consideration like an album as its own thing and then like an EP as its own thing. So, for me, it's just basically like these inspirations for songs come into my head and. Like I'm already performing them because like once I write them, it's like, oh, let me let me go ahead and perform this. Mm -hmm. But then I decide, okay, these kind of have like somewhat of a theme. Let me put them together in a project. And like I said, Circles is my my only album because it was the only time, and this was in I guess 2017. It was the only time that I had a full album's worth of ideas in my head. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so that's why, like, everything else is just an, IP, an EP because I have these different, like, I have these songs that may more or less fit into a theme. And then mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, well, I should release this as a project. Right. And usually it's it's only about five to six songs. So then it's, yeah, classified then as, a, as an EP. Yeah, and then, you know, at, at that moment, I'm just like, I could write more, but I, I'm kind of itching to release this right now. Mm -hmm. They got to have it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and so how was, um, was your approach in any way uh, different when you were tackling 
your album circles and when you're attack, uh, tackling like the your EP dreams. Um, more in terms of, did you feel like your material or the thoughts that you were having were a little were more different or that you were exploring different things at the time? So yeah, when I when I did Circles, I was still trying to fit under that Neo Soul label. And so a lot of things are um a lot of things in that album include like a lot of like uh um like it's 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 heavily processed. There are a mm. lot of like beats and stuff going on as well as my acoustic stuff because I was still trying to fit solely under Neo Soul. So I felt like I had to have a certain vibe going on but then with with dreams i was like i'm an acoustic artist so i can i don't have to do so much to try to fit under a, a specific description mm. i'm just with dreams i just felt like i could be more of what i'm i'm trying to be right. which is you know acoustic and gradually having some kind of band behind me do you love your work or like are you uh, really attached to your work or is it more of once you're done with it you kind of it's kind of something just like a spoken word you, you put it out there and that's it so initially yeah i put it out there and that's it but <laughs> there are times when i like revisit and i'm like because i i when i when i plug my phone in in my car it, it does like this shuffle thing and like every anytime i hear myself come on mm -hmm. when i'm listening i kind of i always skip it but I get it. I get into <laughs> moods where I'm like, I want to I want to listen to me to see, you know, where I've come from and where I'm mm. at now. I want to see the 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 gradual change, if any. And so, like, I I did that today. I was kind of like listening to some of my stuff, and I was like, wow, this is really good. So yeah, I I, I do <laughs> I do like my music, especially when I'm when I'm recording it. When I'm in record mode, I'm like, oh, like I'm like patting myself on the back, like sizing myself. Mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like after I release it, I'm like, okay, pull the trigger, it's gone. Mm -hmm. And then eventually I'll come back to it. <laughs> Do you feel like that helps your, um, like your mind as well? Like just having like a, a let go period of not having to keep thinking about it because you've done it for so long in the producing of the song process. Absolutely, because I I, I can't listen to it because if I do, I'm gonna like hear stuff that I want to change or that mm. I felt like I should have changed or I should have quote unquote fixed, and like I hear all of the flaws. Mm. And I, I don't necessarily, I don't, I don't want to dwell on that. So like, like I said, once I pull the trigger, it's out there and eventually I'll come back to it. Right. No, that sounds exactly like the, the artist dilemma. Like once you create, you can only approach it from critique. You're always going to look at your work and be like, how can I improve? How can I improve? Right. What do you feel is your greatest achievement so far? That is a very hard question to answer. <laughs> um, because like like you mentioned, like I'm always critiquing myself. So I'm like, am I like doing what I need to do? Is this okay? Like, am I what I need to be? Like, there's always these constant questions. So I think my my greatest achievement has been, you know, just a, a combination of all of these projects that I've been releasing. Mm -hmm. Like, because you know, the performing is 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 fine. I can go out and I can perform, and it is what it is. But to have these these projects released they're lasting like they i go back to it like i said and i hear what i what i heard that day and that doesn't change mm -hmm. so to me my greatest achievement is has been you know having being able to like 
release these these projects and being bold enough (laughs) to release what I have like those are all my achievements right it's everything the journey everything encompassing yeah okay and then what would be some of like your biggest hurdles you faced just trying to be a musician and just trying to be you so a lot of my hurdles have been what I felt I was lacking in the beginning I didn't have a band it was just me as a singer and so the hurdle was not having anyone to accompany myself so I I did it myself I learned how to play the guitar like I I, I, to this day, I have the guitar that my uncle played while I was living, while he was living with us. Like I, I learned mm-hmm. how to play the guitar. And then after I learned how to play the guitar, I heard it was, oh, I don't have any of the, the, um, the recording software or the gear that all the, the professionals have. And I just did what I could with what I could until I was able to, with the help of like all of these different like side jobs, mm-hmm. find what I needed. They're hella expensive. Hella. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it, and I and I actually learned like it's not it's not, you know, what you have, it's how you use it. Mm. And so a lot of a lot of um getting over my hurdle was kinda like changing my, my mindset until I was able to to get what I felt that I needed. Right, right. No, that's that's a great point you uh you bring up. Like I was um I, I remember when I listened to like Drake's nonstop and like, I don't remember, you definitely remember that song. And the, yeah. for me, it was just him. I was like, what is going on? And then, uh, <laughs> and I was like, these producers must have gone crazy. And then uh, I realized it was like, take Keith, take Keith, uh, if, I, if I remember it right, was like the producer. And I watched like, a, uh, I guess like an interview of his and he was uh, talking about how he did it. And it was extremely simple. Like, Hmm. It wasn't as complex as at least I thought it was, um, like hearing it, like, yo, they must have had the biggest, I don't know, boom bops. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> but, and that was interesting that, and, uh, I think a lot of other producers, when you, uh, talk to them will tell you, oh, just the simpler, the better, like just get, if you can get the core out of what you're trying to make, you're good. You don't need to like flood it. So. Right. No, so it is. It's interesting you say that. Um, that it it really just most of the most of it falls on you and your perceptions of your perceptions and what you're trying to achieve. Exactly, that was my hurdle myself. <laughs> it, it's cra- like you. Uh, <laughs> every time you you make uh, these statements, it just ends up like taking me back. Literally every single um, interview I've had on the Art Sounds Familiar platform, a lot of people always tell you. In very different ways, they'll keep mentioning the fact that the biggest issue is you. Like, mm. whether it's, um, you know, taking the bold steps. Because every single person that's, like, pursuing their dreams or um, going in a direction that's true to their heart, it's always a bold step. Because it's, our society does not... Society wants you to conform all the time, always. Mm-hmm. That's how it stays mm-hmm. it's structured. So every time you break out of that in any way, it's, it's, it's difficult. And it's, but it only, but you're the only one that can do it essentially. So, right. so yeah, I'm just, I'm just glad that every time I have an interview, people mention that cause it, 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 it makes that, that much more, um, clear moving on, uh, moving into like future. Um, what are some of like your future goals, like both 
uh, both immediate and like long term? So immediately post COVID, I'm hoping to kind of, I guess, break out more into the music scene in Santa Barbara where I'm at now. And that was kind of what I was hoping to do this past summer. Mm -hmm. um, I was trying to get into like the wineries and the breweries and like trying to establish myself in this area because I, I wanted I wanted it to be like, you know, like a like I wanted it to not necessarily be my 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 day job, but at least be enough to like, you know, be half of my income from here and the other half from theater and mm -hmm. the theater that I currently work at. And so, like, immediately I'm trying to get gigs in the Santa Barbara area. Okay. And then long term, I, I want my music to be played nationally as well as, like, you know, globally. Like, mm -hmm. I, I want everyone to be listening to Talitha Gabrielle. Right. That's long term. <laughs> right. Sheep for you, and everything that you say is true. I only hear what you tell me too. Baby, hear the summertime fight and the winter die. You're the sugar in my tea. Baby, you're the honey in my jack red wine. Sometimes you're my, you're my, oh my, yeah. Are you looking um, to get signed, or are you more of like an? Are you more on an independent journey as far as that part is concerned, like label and? all that so when i was young and first starting out i thought being a part of a label would solve all of my troubles but now knowing who i am mm -hmm. today i i think i would be better off staying independent mm. because i uh there yes you when you have a label you have more financial support but then you also have all of the things that they want from you that you know you you're obligated mm -hmm. to do because you know they're paying for you right and so i'm kind of like stuck in the middle between like yes that would be nice financially and exposure wise because if i'm backed by you know a pretty good label like say Beyonce called me, I'm gonna be like, yeah. Yeah, you're out there. That's it. <laughs> so, so I guess it would depend on the label. But um, as of right now, I'm happy being independent. Also with that, I've heard, I've, you, I've heard a lot about like, oh, the dealings and how all of a sudden, if, when you do blow up with them, you end up not owning, you know, your masters or your publishing or this or right. that. And then it, it gets in the way of all of that. And then, uh subsequently they also don't care about you the person they care about the product that you're that's coming right. out of you so it is it's always those things to consider as well like as what you're like like what you're saying yeah and i'm i'm not i'm not one for for conforming so. <laughs> right <laughs> like you came this far we we're here and we're staying on this path <laughs> 
Yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, I mean, that's all the time we have for today. Um, thank you so much for joining the platform. Um, I think you're a great voice, um, and I'm hoping the audience is definitely able to connect with you. I'm sure they are to connect with your work and look forward to see to seeing you progressing your journey. Thank you so much. Thank you for interviewing me. I loved this. Like, comment, and subscribe for more content like this.